0: Hey, everybody, before I dive into today's episode, I am really excited to share with you that Jenny and I have started a new collaboration doing the monthly transit report together on the podcast. As many of you may know, she and I did the human design transit report over on Emma's podcast last year, Emma Dunwoody's podcast, um, which is an amazing podcast called the human design podcast. And we had such an amazing time deep diving into the transits together that we decided this year um, to continue doing it together. And one of the things that I'm most excited to share with you as I embark on this journey with Jenny every month, the journey with Jenny and Jess, um, is just really this invitation to take what you learn here on the Transit Podcast and run it through your own lens, run it through your own filter. When we talk about human design, my intention is always to inspire you to use it to ask yourself more questions, to open up your mind, to open up your heart, as opposed to using it in a way that's prescriptive or says, this is the right way to use it or the wrong way to use it, or you should do it this way or that way, or because the sun is in this gate, that means that you should be doing this this week, or you should be doing that that week. And it's really an invitation to just open your mind and consider how this may be playing out in your own life. You'll hear in this podcast today with Jenny how um, I didn't realize some of what was going on in the monthly uh, celestial skies, if you will, in February. And getting to hear her explain what's been happening as this sort of background frequency that's been playing out over the last month and impacting all of us, whether we realize it or not, um, I had a lot of revelations and it helped me to put my finger on some things that perhaps I hadn't um, really realized were happening in the celestial skies, but were playing out in my life. So I invite you to listen in. Um, consider how this may be playing out in your own life, open your heart, your mind, your eyes, your ears to new possibilities in your life. And I also invite you if this podcast really lands for you to share it with someone that you love or somebody that you feel could really benefit from today's podcast. Um, I am going to be releasing a Substack here in just a little bit. That's going to dive even deeper into um, what Jenny and I cover in the podcast today. And I also release a weekly Substack newsletter with bonus content where I dive into teachings on human design. I dive into, um, all different topics and subjects i bring you my thoughts and pretty much whatever is coming from my manifestor urge that week so if you feel inspired you can head over to jessbubbaco.substack.com and i put more resources from jenny into the substack for this week um, as well as some other exciting announcements and things to come in the coming weeks and months so with that being said Get ready for a really exciting and fun episode with Jenny. I left with my mind blown and my heart wide open after today's episode. So I hope that you enjoy. Hey all it's me, Jess Bubaco, And I am excited to be here with you on the Waking Up With Jess podcast. Each week, I'll invite you to wake up to your inner knowingness, get creative, and march to the beat of your own drum in your business and life. We'll dive into different subject areas from business to health to work, relationships, and beyond. On the podcast, we'll get raw, honest, and real, keeping it a little bit personal, a little bit educational, and most importantly, we're going to have a lot of fun. Each episode, you'll feel like you're sitting down at a coffee shop having an intimate conversation with a few of your best friends. Join me each week as I act as your confidant and friend who loves the heck out of you and wants to see you shine. Come along and wake up with a cup of Jess. Hey, everybody, I am excited. This is the very first um, Transit podcasts that Jenny Crowther and I are doing. So welcome, Jenny. Thank you for being here.
1: Yes, thank you for inviting me. Thank you for following the signs that the universe threw in our path and um, bringing the Transits podcast over here.
0: I love it. I also love that we're starting this in March because my birthday is March 22nd. Vessel of love right on the solstice mm-hmm. type of vibe. And it feels like it's spring energy and it feels like the perfect time to birth something new. So I'm excited.
1: I mean, that's exactly it. And that is in my notes for today. <laughs> that exact that exact concept is in my notes for today. Mm-hmm. So, yeah.
0: I'm going to like let you kick us off with whatever you feel called mm-hmm. to kick us off with.
1: Well, you know, uh, being a foundational person. So for your audience who may not know me, you know, I'm I'd probably be bringing some of my own transits audience will will come. I've mentioned it to a couple of people that I'm going to be coming over here to share this with you. And they were very excited. So hi to all of my existing people who've been following the transits with me for a while. Um, And then for your audience who are newer, perhaps to this, uh, I look at it through the lens of human design. I'm sure most of your people kind of follow human design to a degree. Mm -hmm. Um, So yeah, the foundational information about transits is, what are we talking about? You know, we're talking about the movement of celestial bodies in the solar system through various parts of the sky. So it's like astrology, but instead of calling 19 degrees of Aquarius, 19 degrees of Aquarius, we in human design terms would call that gate 49 in the first and second lines. So in technically what are we talking about? We're talking about where, where are the celestial bodies in our solar system against the backdrop of the wider cosmos and then we're just chatting about whether we can see the influence on us. You know, human design says that these, as these celestial bodies move through the sky, they light up our body graph, they light up our own energy system, our internal energy system, and the systems around us in a particular way. And it's a particular way that we can observe and track and start to see, you know, the way that we we are potentially being influenced. Yes by the planet. So that's really what we're doing when we do a transits podcast is, is sort of, I lay out what I'm seeing, uh, and the general themes, and then the listeners can sort of see if they resonate and if, if they can sort of see the same sort of themes playing out in their life, but it affects each of us differently depending on our own body graph.
0: Yes. And, um, thank you for setting that up. Cause I'm like, let's just jump right to it. <laughs> but what I will say, um, is that one of the things and the reason i love i think you and i are going to bring some really interesting perspectives from our own experiences and i think um whenever just for anybody who's listening cuz some people are newer to human design and just learned about it i've been teaching workshops and stuff locally around here so some people are just starting to get introduced to it but one of the things i just want to put as sort of a i don't know that i want to call it a disclaimer but is the the importance of learning through this process to interpret the energy through your own lens and more specifically your lens being your own body and listening to what it is that your body, how your body experiences an energy because the way that Jenny might describe Um, like this, like line one, like she's saying, like laying a foundation, she may experience it very differently than somebody else who has a different design, a different background, a different experience. Um, Because we all are in a different quote conditioning field. We have different environments. We're in people around influences around us that influence how we show up in the world. So this is a really important invitation to listen to the information and then consider how you experience it through your own lens, your own body, your own perspectives and experiences, and um, perhaps even use this information to journal or reflect, or you know, just pay attention to certain themes throughout the month.
1: Mm, yeah, thanks, Jess. I think it's that's a very important point. You know, when you get, I mean, I'm pretty deep in human design. I've been studying it for eight years. Um, I've done a lot of readings and I've seen a lot of charts. And I, the more I see, the more, I mean. I understood kind of an intellectual level how utterly unique everyone was. But then the more you look at human design, you see that initial tendency to want to f- tribe together. Like, oh, I'm a projector too, or I'm a 5-1 profile too. And then eventually you realize how utterly unique every expression of a projector or a 5-1 or whatever is in the world. Yeah. So there there are commonalities that we can sort of share and bond over, but then also there's the utterly unique brilliance of our own being. Exactly, mm-hmm. yes. Amazing. So I'm I'm going to launch in, and I just sort of want to say that I'm going to use lots of numbers and random bits of terminology that you might not be familiar with. Um, that's totally okay. There's no obviously <laughs> expectation that anyone who isn't as deep into the study of this system will know what I'm talking about. But in general, the actual information that I'm going to share when you sort of ignore the random numbers that I say, uh, is is hopefully relatable and understandable, and you can you can see it work around you. So even if you don't know what any of these numbers or words mean, the content, the actual sentences that I'm hopefully stringing together will make some sense. Beautiful. All right. So i I like to learn from the transits back and forth. You know, retrospectively and coming forward. So usually on a transits podcast, I would look at the month we've just gone through and look at the month we're about to experience. And so we then get this, because then as we go through this process, you know, we'll keep meeting every month and then we'll get to see, oh, we, we looked at March and we thought it might look like this. And how did it actually look? You know? <laughs> yeah. Because yep. sometimes the expectation and the reality are, you know, our our interpretation is, oh, I see it more clearly now. Absolutely. So just to set us up from where we are, we're recording this on the 22nd of Feb. Um, This is going to go out, before the beginning of March, presumably. And so I will look back at the year to date, January and February, just to kind of bring us up to speed. So generally speaking, January and February, almost every year have most of the planets direct, as in not retrograde, moving in direct motion. And that's no different this year. Um, Uranus went direct on the 27th of January. So currently as we're recording, everything's in forward motion. And that just brings that general sense of momentum. Uh, as opposed to the sense of either going back over or being slightly held back that you can sometimes get when a lot of the planets are retrograde. So we tend to get that more in sort of the summer summer months. So right now we've got this sense of momentum, and I'm sure we can all sort of feel that sense of general, I can move forward with this. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're also, in human design language, in the quarter of initiation, purpose fulfilled through mind. So human design divides the wheel of the year into four seasons, four quarters, and the first quarter, which is what we're in, is about planting seeds. So really what you were saying about this, you know, this collaboration is a new seed that we're planting. It's very much about that sense that in sort of January, December, maybe back into November, the composting happens, you know, the mulching of the ground, and it's now that we start to plant the seed. So that's the general sort of orienting ourselves into where we are in the year in terms of the the theme, the feeling of it, especially if you're in the Northern hemisphere, I imagine it's slightly different if you're in the Southern hemisphere because the seasons are opposite. But I Mm -hmm. think certainly if you're in the Northern hemisphere, you can feel that seeds being planted, even if you're in the tropics.
0: Yeah. I, I feel mildly emotional as you're saying this because I, um, I just wrote a Substack the other day about, um, how we're connected to the seasons and the rhythms and the cycles of life. And I love that you're pointing this out because I was just saying how I feel a lot of creative momentum right now, even though I don't fully know the direction things are going in, but I like, I'm waking up in the morning. I want to go walk or I want to like yesterday. I was like, I want to start writing as soon as I woke up in the morning, but I always notice that right around July, August, September, I usually have a lot of emotion coming up. And a lot, and when you just said a lot of planets are retrograde over the summer months. And then I'm just thinking too, we have a lot of eclipses. I'm like, oh, of course I end up experiencing these things because almost like clockwork every year, even in November, December, even if I'm like, this is gonna be the best November, December of my life, I always go through this like sort of death and rebirth cycle. So I love that you're pointing out this sort of like, you know, we I think we talk about evolution often as this, instead of it being like, oh my God, I'm returning to this same lesson again. It's that spiral where it's like I'm returning to it again, but I'm different and I'm meeting the lesson differently. But I love the idea of looking at like the 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 cycles of going. Okay, it's the quarter of initiation. What am I actually initiating and creating this year? That maybe it's the same thing that I did last year, but maybe it looks a little bit different. Or so I love, I love mm. this. This is great. Okay. Carry on.
1: Yeah. It's growing. <laughs> it's it's it growing out of the compost of last year. Mm-hmm. That's basically what we're doing. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I feel that. <laughs> and then so I'm just going to switch terminology slightly uh, into tarot terminology and talk about tower moments. Cause I think there's a similarity with the tower process, you know, this tower being the structure that suddenly comes crumbling to the ground and burns to ashes and then we have to rebuild from the ashes now that we're in a big kind of tower process at the moment globally speaking it's but it's happening at all kinds of levels interpersonal intra but like interior personal dynamics how you're relating to yourself yourself historically aspects of ourselves that are no longer like really no longer coming with us it feels quite potent at the moment feels pretty punchy um And so my observation, if I'm looking at the transits from February, specifically the middle of February, just before Valentine's Day, around the 10th to the 12th, specifically as the catalyst. Um, So for those who are familiar with the transits, they'll probably keep up with this lingo if you're not, don't worry. But there was an emotional transit, Mercury in gate 19, the gate of sensitivity, and the sun in gate 49, the gate of revolution, creating the channel of synthesis from the root to the solar plexus centers. We also had Saturn in gate 37, creating a boundary or limitation around friends and family. And so all of that energy seeking release in gate 40, the gate of ego aloneness. So when you have a, when you look at a human design body graph, you can see 19 in the root, 49 in the solar plexus, 37 other side of the solar plexus, reaching for the ego in gate 40. And so I experienced this. I'm not defined in the emotional system or the ego in my of the root in my body graph, I'm open in that area completely. Um, I experienced this personally as a complete nervous system collapse. I basically had a two-day breakdown. I couldn't be around people. I couldn't stop crying or shaking. I was completely overwhelmed, and I just had to go to bed. Like, I just was like, I'm out, people. Like, I can't cope. I was already pretty tired when that transit came through, and so – my usual way of, I guess, handling it when, when the body is exhausted, my observation, particularly with emotional transits, is they're very hard to resist when your defenses are down. Um, and so it took me out this transit, but from the depths of my bed, I got to witness the, the whole transit playing out in me. So as well as this theme of this physical symptom of not being able to stop crying or shaking, there was all kinds of relational aspects. You know, my mind is worrying. Who are my people? Where do I belong? Am I willing to put up with being treated like this by these people? Would I rather be alone than continue to endure this lack of sensitivity on their part? So we had this crisis, which is at Neptune in gate 36 of belonging, all of that activity in the tribal emotional circuit. At the same time, we had Jupiter in gate 24 and Mars and Venus transiting gate 61, making a channel between the head and the Ajna centers that I also don't usually have head and Ajna definition. So the mind going over and over and over the old ways of thinking about things until they have a sudden new realization drop in. And finally, there is a changing of the way we think about something. So this pattern of nervous system collapse, complete emotional overwhelm, uh, crying splitting migraine headache is not unknown to me this is a pattern i've been experiencing my whole life you know i'm an emotionally undefined person in a family with two very strongly emotionally defined people so i've been through this complete emotional overwhelm particularly as a kid a lot and so every time it happens as an adult there is all this memory this cellular memory of oh god here we go again i'm am i ever going to be rid of this but about two days into it, I had this sudden realization, huh, this is a transit. I suddenly was like, you know, I, hadn't, I just hadn't thought to look at the transits. And as soon as I did, I was like, oh, my God, this whole thing is a transit. And so that was the, you know, when we talk about the 6124 channel, this way of going over and returning to the old ways of thinking until something drops and clicks you out of the old ways of thinking. So all those old patterns of, I'm, I'm you know, I'm a nervous wreck. I'm a complete, I'm, I'm an, I'm an incapable human. I'm a freak. I'm a weirdo. I shouldn't be behaving like this. I shouldn't feel like this, bloody blood, all of that. Suddenly, as soon as I saw what it was, click. And I'm clicked out of it. I got dressed. I went for a very long walk. I moved the energy through my body. Uh, and I, sort of started to heal and went through this process of uh, yeah aiding aiding my own healing rather than just stewing in the old ways of doing things but just to sort of point this is quite a strong example you know usually the transits are a little bit more subtle than this but for me they were this was huge. And so anyone listening around that time around that just before Valentine's Day they might also have noticed this wow that was quite a lot especially Mm -hmm. if you're undefined in that area. And I'm interested to know if you noticed it, obviously you have a channel in that circuitry already. Mm -hmm. So I I may not have been anywhere near, you know, I was trying to think back
0: to um, that.
1: What I can, what I can It was new moon as well, just as a reminder, the new moon on the Friday. Yeah. You know what I
0: think I've noticed that, probably like what's today, the 22nd. I also love, I didn't even realize we did this on 222. I don't know if you (laughs) did that intentionally. Did you do that intentionally? No, to me, that's like a sign of flow, which I just love. Um, I was feeling lonely, like very, very, very lonely. And that has been a big theme that's been coming up because as I've been doing more copywriting, I've been in my apartment by myself, whereas I used to go to coffee shops all the time, but I I'm a caves environment person. So creatively, I like being alone when I'm writing. Um So anyways, as you're saying this, I noticed the theme of aloneness coming up. And I will say, because I know you're, you're emotionally undefined. I'm emotionally defined. My best friend who slept over last night, um, she's emotionally undefined and her I hung out with her and her partner right around this time as well. And she was experiencing everyone's emotions in a big way. And she actually said to me yesterday, she goes, I don't know what is up lately, but I have been feeling like I'll pass by someone and I get a whiff of anxiety and it's not mine. And like, so I know she's been experiencing a lot more of like heightened emotional energy. And I know I've been, I have the 40th gate. I have the 3740 um, which you know it, I've been experiencing the aloneness aspect of it, but mm-hmm. I had to I kind of responded to that by being like, I just have to schedule time with friends, like my you know, I have to do something a little bit differently, but I didn't realize it was transit related
1: well, I mean, human design would argue it's all transit related if we pay enough attention <laughs> exactly, yeah <laughs> um, and it's interesting, you know b- b- because I don't have the forty i my response, my body's response was to crave aloneness. Like I couldn't bear to be in the same room as other people. I was like, get the hell away from me uh-huh. was, because you have 40 in your design and it's one of your, it's your emotional channel. It's your authority. It wasn't so much get the hell away from me. It was, oh my God, I feel lonely. Where is everyone? Exactly. Yeah, <laughs> exactly.
0: I was like, I've had enough alone time. I've spent a lot of alone time working and doing and creating
1: and I need people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Also, around that time, um, we had Pluto in Gate 60. It's been there for ages in the route, the Gate of Limitation. But Mars and Venus joined Pluto on the 15th and 14th and 15th of February, which is all about uh, the human adrenal response, the limitations that we have just as human beings, being in a human form, how limited that is, how many limitations. You know, we might have all these ideas of what we might be capable of, and then the 60s, like, back to reality, guys, there are limits. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And and it can spiral us into survival mode, fight, flight, freeze. And I really felt the freeze, because, I mean, that's my tendency anyway. I tend not to flee. I tend to just sh- completely shut down. And I really, really shut down. So I could really feel that at work as well. Uh, there was also, we've still got Uranus in gate 23, which is in the uh, Ajna center pointing at the head. Uh, sorry, the throat center pointing at the Ajna, and this is all about: Will am I being understood or misunderstood? Am I being perceived by others as being abnormal? You know, is my individuality accepted by the collective or the the tribe? So the, there was a bit of a that those two themes playing playing along in the background at the same time.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: All of that on a on a background of the gate fifty one. So we've got um quite a lot of activity in the fifty one at the moment I'll talk about it a little bit more in a minute because it's really it's a really important energy at the moment but this I, I needed new information as i said to shock me out of my egoic spiral uh and so Chiron in 51 as well as the north node at the moment aiding that healing of the wounding in the that the past as like all these layers of imprint of limited wounding that a shock can bring us out of that mm. So yeah, there was some super juicy tribal emotional stuff and about close people. But then I mean, it's interesting that you're saying about what your friends being experienced in the last week. So we've had the, the the emotional definition moved from the tribal circuit to the collective circuit. So from the 16th through to today, the 22nd, the 4130 uh, channel uh, of recognition of feelings was active, hmm. and that for me, I've it's a much lighter transit, but I, it's manifested as you would expect if you know anything about this channel, as the sudden desire for a new experience with others. And I'm quite naturally in my own space. I don't care. I'm quite happy in my own company for days or even weeks at a time. But then I, this transit comes through and I'm like, I'm a bit bored. I really I really want to have a new experience with some people. I wonder what's going on around here. And this I'm not in the place where I usually live. I'm staying at my aunt and uncle's house, but I do have a friend here. And so the next morning I wake up, check my Instagram DMs, and a friend who I haven't seen for years who lives here had messaged me and said, hey, are you in the area? I'm having a yoga day on for, on Saturday. Do you want to come? Then I go for coffee with another friend, and she's like, oh, there's this dance and bath thing on Sunday, and then a sauna and a cold swim thing, and a yoga class on Tuesday. And suddenly the 41.30 has initiated all these invitations for new experiences. So I'm really enjoying this transit quite a lot more than I, I enjoyed the one before it. You know what's
0: awesome about this? Actually, we need to talk about this off air as well. But I was like, I'm hosting a retreat at a place you and I have both been to. I actually got on a call with them and they were like, we know somebody you've had on your podcast. And I was like, yes. Um, But it's funny you say this because I was like, I need to get back into online dating again. And then I was like, I'm going to host a retreat. And then like all these new things that usually I'd be like, I'm not doing that.
1: All of a sudden have been wanting to do it over the last week. So that makes sense. I mean, I'd wait and see how you feel in a week's time because the transit turns off today. So let yourself oh. go through <laughs> the wave just in case. Today I'm like, eh. I don't <laughs> want to do any that's of so that. Much. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. So that that's for me has been a much nicer emotional transit. But it's interesting what your friend is saying. You know, we're in the solar plexus process. The sun is going through every gate of the solar plexus except one mm-hmm. in this period, February, March. So yeah, it's it's the vibe, it's what's happening. Interesting. <sighs> It's just one month, one six-week period of the year. This is like, cool. (laughs) I'm laughing because I'm like, this is what the
0: solar plexus, the undefined solar plexus. And if you don't know what that is, you can go to my website and look up your chart and you'll see the solar plexus on the right side, the triangle on like the right side's kind of, yeah, over.
1: It's the only one
0: all all the way over on the right. I feel like all the um, undefined solar plexus people are like, okay we just have like six more weeks it's like you know when the the gopher pops out or whatever and it's like six more weeks of summer or six more weeks of winter you guys are like okay just hold on meanwhile over here us emotional solar plexus people are just smooth sailing maybe not smooth but we
1: would build for this (laughs) (laughs) i love it yeah it brings me so much compassion Really, it does so much understanding of a little window into what it might be like to live as an emotionally defined person. You think the writer
0: of the DSM, the the psychiatric book, if they just had the transits, they would understand (laughs) why people experience what they do.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, anyways, one day, Jess. One day, (laughs) one day, this will be collective mainstream. Exactly. So there we go. That's. Looking back, looking forward, we will look into March now. So there has been a little bit of a theme kind of bubbling along for quite a while around a crisis of misunderstanding our earthly bodily limitations. So the earth, the limits of the earth and the limits of the body. I think then this is, I mean, I'm saying like two years, probably year and a half, Neptune in 36, Pluto in 60, Uranus in more recently in 23, That sentence, a theme of a crisis of misunderstanding of our earthly and bodily limitations, is basically the human design way of saying those gates. And then more recently, trying to change the way that we habitually think about relational matters. And that continues into March. So all of the planets involved in that sentence, I just said, are outer planets. Pluto, Neptune, Uranus, Saturn, and Jupiter. These are the players on the global and societal and cultural stage. So that, generally speaking, is what's happening. Um my personal take on that, you know, if I was going to say to these planets in these gates, what do you want to teach us? Um, I imagine they would say, <laughs> I like to imagine the planet's talking to me. Um, they're asking us to remember or realize that human life is fragile, limited and precious. All of it, every single bit of it. Mm-hmm. And that we are all going to die and that is a certainty and so we must treasure this precious life while we have it that is my take on what we could learn from that major sort of last couple of years transits and it's certainly been a theme that I've been exploring more that my friends have been exploring more acknowledging our grief being honest you know pulling our head out the sand and being like oh my god I am gonna die and I don't know if it's just because I'm past mid mid I'm 46 now so I'm past midlife and there is this feeling of, oh, I'm not invincible. I am this, you know, this, you know, and people, friends start to get diagnoses and people that are around my age start to pass. And it's like, oh, wow, this is getting real now, you know? Mm-hmm. So whether it's just a bit of that, but also I think it's also the transits bringing this really like wake up guys, you know, when astronauts go to space and look back at the earth and they're like, it's this tiny fragile little marble in space. What are we mm-hmm. doing? You know?
0: Yeah.
1: I So feel- a bit of that. I feel that
0: too. I feel like the last couple of years, even if it's um, just thinking about like my parents or like, I've been feeling that a lot as well. And I do feel like more people like younger people are starting to, you know, I don't know, just different things that are, are going on and happening. So I feel I like that reframe a lot.
1: And then I think we've also got this uh, background of the certainty, not just of death, but of evolution. Mm. and the fact that uh, evolution as human beings is is accelerated through understanding you know the the current evolution of humans is happening in the solar plexus center it's happening through our uh, capacity to overcome our violent tendencies and to come into greater communication and relationship with each other and through this compassion and this realizing our own, everyone has these struggles, these ingrained habits, these desires and energies that appear within the body that seem to take us over. Just having much more compassion for that and what the others are going through that all the time. I think it's, you know, this habitual misunderstanding. It's just a matter of always thinking the worst of each other rather than the best. Just a, yeah. this, this, this. I don't know if everyone has this tendency, but my mind has this tendency to assume the worst of people rather than the best. It doesn't automatically leap to this per this poor person is obviously suffering terribly and they're just doing the best that they can. It leaps in with a judgment of that person's behaving like an expletive mm-hmm. you know So yeah. I feel like that we we're be- really being uh tasked with turning that habit of the mind around so that we're not automatically assuming that because others behave badly, they're not bad people. We're just, we're misunderstanding how being human works.
0: Mm -hmm. And I, I think I understand
1: clearly now, having practiced my Buddhist practice for long enough, that if I had lived the life that that other person had lived with all of the influences, genetic and conditioning and all of that, I would be behaving in that way. Mm-hmm. I would be behaving, behaving exactly the same way. I'm. It's grace that gives me choice, you know?
0: Mm, I love that. It's grace that gives me choice. I think that grace with others and also grace with ourselves for that immediate first reaction, because most first reactions are just survival reactions.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So I yeah. hear you and feel you totally on that. And like this, this person's is the- reaction doesn't necessarily have anything to do with me personally, even though it's mm-hmm. in response to me.
1: Yeah. And when, I mean, I'd mentioned to you earlier that I've been studying with Genoa Blivin at Human Design America, and he talks about the three awareness centers, you know, the spleen, the Ajna and the solar plexus and their relationship. And that it is exactly what we're talking about. The Ajna looks to the spleen first. And when you look at a human design body graph, you'll see the face, you know, like the outline Ooh. of the face, it's looking at the spleen, it's turned towards the spleen huh. for a reason. It's not just a random accident. The the ajna looks the mind looks first to the spleen, survival first, fear survival first, but keeps one eye open on what's going on in the solar plexus. Oh, possibilities for increased compassion. Oh, okay. Oh, we could work on this conflict and get to a better understanding. Ah, oh, okay. But still, survival first. I'm looking over here. But eventually, the understandings from the solar plexus become uh, a survival necessity, and at which point the spleen adopts them as best practice. And so that's the process between those three awareness centers. The spleen is skeptical about something until it proves sufficiently. It gets trial and error enough, which is what the solar plexus is doing. Trial and error. How can we relate better? How can we meet this conflict? How can we resolve this conflict? So the solar plexus is doing that. Spleen is like, it's not proven yet. It's not proven yet. And then when it becomes, oh, actually, that is very That's very helpful. Let's adopt that. And then the spleen will adopt that. And then that's when the Ajna goes, I've changed my mind about that.
0: I'm looking at this chart in the background. I'm like, wow, I never saw that before. This always just makes me like, when I look at something like this, even like when I look at my own modern life and then I think about my grandparents, I go, like, we really are standing on the shoulders of giants. Because even like what you just said, I'm like, how many I've never heard anyone ever explain how those centers interact with each other in that kind of way, but that makes the most sense so
1: very cool I mean, I'm taking zero credit that is all genolivvin um well, and he learned it probably from someone else too you know what I mean right. like it's just, i mean he it's he's cool he's been uh, he he worked with Ra very closely and he's been a student of human design for thirty years, so okay he knows he really knows his stuff, yeah, but totally. that yeah, exactly that. I had the same thing as you, Jess. I was like, I've never looked at the body graph like that. Of course, that's what's happening.
0: Mm -hmm. So cool. Yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah. So slight digression, but yes, that, that's what we're doing. So to bring us back to what's happening in March, we've currently got Saturn, the judge in gate 35, the gate of the family, trying to remind us of the fact that we are all part of the family of humanity, so when we get to mid-march we shift gears a bit so this general crisis in misunderstanding our human limitations that carries on but instead of relational and habitual thinking it's now turning its attention to gate 63 the gate of doubt which is where saturn will move and gate two the gate of receptivity which is where jupiter will move and also the gate of the uh, direction of the self so there's it's an interesting pairing right doubt logical hmm skeptical questioning Chin rubbing, I like to think of Gate 63. Is it, though? Uh, and receptivity, which is where the monopole sits in the G center, which is the pure yin, pure receptive, allow pulls life into it to experience what it needs to experience and an abundance of that, which is Jupiter and Gate 2. So that we've got this super skeptical energy that I reckon is going to, start us questioning things that had seemed seemingly rock solid that we totally had faith in. And it's likely that there's going to be something of a crisis of faith or belief in an existing system. there will be two, There'll be doubting, serious doubting where, and I would suspect, given that the gate two is the gate of the higher self. It's the seat of the higher self. It's where our higher self sits in the body graph that we're Anyone that's been previously thought that these systems were too science, they were too scientific to believe in the existence of the divine. For example, mm-hmm. I think there's going to be a significant in- increase in the receptivity to the higher self and to grace and to the path of divine love. And I think a lot more people are going to be having an experience that that is beyond doubt for them. Mm-hmm. So instead of just the mind being like, hmm, "Is it though?" There's going to be something that comes into their life that shows them the existence of their own divine higher self connection Mm. and that reveals their plan to them in a way that previously it perhaps hasn't been. So that's kind of what I think is starting to come in mid-March. She Mm. says, crossing her fingers, hoping. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) We could
0: set the intention always. Yeah. Mm. Super interesting. Well, and I, I guess like when I think about the 63 as well, I think about the like inquiry. And asking mm-hmm. new questions and mm-hmm. how he, you can use it to open your mind or you can use it to get locked in your mind. And so being able to kind of like what you were just saying about like not necessarily always seeing the best in people in that first reaction. I think sometimes for myself, when I'm on the precipice of change and like a blank canvas, I don't know if it's because I have that like line four, I like stability, um, and security to some degree, but I think sometimes I will, um, not allow my mind to open when there's doubt in front of me of what the path is going to look like. And so being able to recognize that, I don't know why this word's coming to me. It's like a fulcrum. Like I don't it doesn't, an experience doesn't have to be one thing or the other, that multiple things can exist at one time. So, can I be in the energy of doubt if something comes in that makes me doubt these structures, but simultaneously also be in a space of deep inquiry and possibility?
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, it's really, it's a pressure gate, right? And it's the pressure to see some proof. And so, it may just be like, I'm going to open, you know, this thing about you, you see what you're looking for. And it, might just be that. I'm gonna I'm gonna start looking for evidence. I'm sure you've played seven trillion manifestation games where you start looking for the evidence to support whatever it is that you're calling in. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So more of that, I think, coming in. And then the we've got like you mentioned, we've got equinox from the 18th of March onwards. We've got the sun moving into Gate 25, which you know well, I believe. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And so we have this lovely G-Center gate of universal love, uh, which is almost certainly going to contribute to these sort of pr- personal uh, initiations in this area. It's going It be- heralds the beginning of the second half of the first quarter. So I mentioned we're in the quarter of initiation. The first half of that quarter is all about the solar plexus. The second half is much more about um, more heart, more courage, more rationality. So after this very emotionally driven relational period there tends to be a bit more individual heart and courage that comes to the practice the process uh, it's also worth noting that mercury's starting to slow down towards the end of march in preparation for its retrograde at the beginning of april and the gates that Mar- that mercury's retrograding or pre-retrograde shadowing in are 51 gate of shock mm-hmm. again 42 gate of growth and endings and gate 3 creating order out of the chaos so, like I said, North Node is in Chiron. Chiron uh, sorry, North Node is in fifty-one. Chiron is in fifty-one. So there is still, seemingly for now, no end to the level of shocks that we are being asked to absorb, personally and collectively. Um, but I will say that during my two-day dark night experience last this month, I had this sudden realization about shock and how utterly necessary it is for the healthy functioning of a society. Mm-hmm. So when any ecosystem or biosystem or psychosystem or whatever system is out of balance the the gate of shock will try and jolt it back into balance like and it's interesting that it's in the heart center right it's Mm -hmm. like a defibrillator Mm -hmm. that that shocks you back to life or back the heart back to rhythm it's like lightning because this is double thunder as a as a trigram hexagram so two thunders and that I was thinking about how lightning rebalances the negative the negative positive charge between the earth and the clouds. That's basically what lightning is doing. Mm-hmm. And or like even like when your hot tub or your pool gets out of balance and your pH balance, you have to shock it with like a chlorine mm-hmm. shock or whatever. So I was thinking about all the ways that shock is only shocking to the aspect that's out of balance or out of harmony and needs to be shifted mm-hmm. very rapidly to bring everything back into balance. Um, so, yeah, I was thinking generally speaking about how even though the shock can be a like oh my god that was a lot, especially if you don't have fifty one in your body graph. You know I have fifty one three times in my design, and I'm I can handle shock. It doesn't doesn't rock me, but I I know that it can be a really quite a lot for people with without a you know like we were talking about emotional energy. I'm not mm-hmm. designed for it, so it can be really overwhelming. Whereas mm-hmm. I am designed for shock and therefore it doesn't overwhelm me. But just yeah. to so, sort of say that there is a lot of this energy around this month uh, and the coming month, and yeah. then Mercury, Mercury in 51 will make a channel with the sun in gate 25 over the period of, um, of the equinox from the 19th to 22nd of March. So it's a tremendously potent time for spiritual transformation because that's the channel of spiritual initiation. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, as you were just talking about, the fifty-one because I have that in my chart. In the um, I have it as my vocation, so it's my design Mars,
1: mm-hmm.
0: and or yeah, my design Mars. Yeah. And one of the things I noticed for myself, because I mean, probably a lot of people listening to this know this, but for the people who don't know, whatever is quote open in your chart or undefined in your chart is going to um, you. You oftentimes feel it amplified. And so what you were just saying about shock doesn't like, you don't feel it or experience it as intensely. And in the gene keys and the gene key sequences, my, um my vocation, which is kind of like your, my core talent in, in my work is the 51. It's shock. And I can remember back when I started my business. And I was going to, I was always like leaping and doing something new and, and changing. And I could see how others would react to it because I'm sure for them it was a lot and it was intense. It's like, why is she leaving again? Why is she going here? Why is she? And there were other underlying reasons I think for, you know, sometimes escapist behavior, but also in a lot of ways I was like, this is all I can do. Like I have to leap and do something different. Like I have to change. I can't stay the same. And I I know for a while there, and I don't know if this is part of being a manifester as well, like I wouldn't want to tell people what I was about to do because I wouldn't want them to get upset and be like, why are you doing that? What do you think? That's crazy. That's, you know, whatever. So um, I, I think I've learned to see that shock in others and how that sort of disrupts their ecosystem in a lot of ways. Um, yeah. And kind of shocks people, I think, out of complacency. In certain ways as well
1: I really love this train of thought I hadn't because I obviously I mean it's my personality earth it's a big energy for me among and it's in both of my uh south nodes so most of the first half of my life was about exploring and understanding this energy and I hadn't really thought about that how shocking it is because it is you know the gate of leaping the, the the I'll be first that's what it says I'll mm-hmm. go first I'll put my hand up and I'll go first I'll walk into the void just to see if it's safe because I reckon I can handle it kind of energy mm-hmm. and I hadn't really thought about that from an ecosystem in terms of like a family ecosystem or a friendship group ecosystem how shocking it is when because you're part of that ecosystem when you leave mm-hmm. or when I leave uh, yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: yeah yeah and how that affects others and how if the ecosystem wants to stay as it is and this one shocking thing comes in and is like, hang on, I'm changing, I'm doing this, I'm going first, then it it does, it can create that panic, which goes back to, again, what you said in the beginning, which is just because somebody else, like just because somebody's having a reaction to someone, I have to consider what that, what might be going through their mind and who they might be and assume the best in them. Mm -hmm. But then also trust my own self. And my own journey and my own path. So seeing yeah. shocks over the next month as trying to rebalance our own ecosystem internally, externally, etc. cetera.
1: Yeah. And this, you know, this feeling of the, the, the flavor of getting out of stagnation, you know, when I was thinking about like the, the I was thinking about like a swimming pool full of algae and how the chlorine like shocks the stagnation out of the water and how, The 51 is the only individual gate on a tribal center, essentially, you know, the the Mm -hmm. heart center being the hub of the tribal circuit and how it is that it's the individual that shocks the tribe out of its habitual way of doing things and necessarily so it's the leap into love away from selfishness, actually. I think that we need to reframe the um,
0: this gate as the Moana gate. (laughs) Did you see Moana? She was like, We're going to go out to sea. Everyone's like, No, stay put. She's like, No, we have to go. So, anyways, that's going to be my mental reframe is that this is the gate of Moana. Uh,
1: Just what can I say except you're welcome (laughs) (laughs) as we leave? (laughs) Exactly. That's exactly it.
0: Okay. Problem solved. I'm going to send this podcast to everyone who's ever felt uncomfortable by my shocking tendencies. Okay.
1: Yeah. yeah. I'm I'm also adopting that. I mean, I sing that all the time. My nephew who's four is going through a phase of saying you're welcome all the time. It's like his new favorite phrase. Yeah. Yeah. So mm-hmm. I, I sing that song a lot. Okay. <laughs> I love it. Good. I like the rebrand. Yeah. <laughs> um, all right. So, yeah, I didn't want to make this too long or convoluted. I think we've sort of summarized. I want to say, you know, let's look at March as a theme. Because I've got a theme, I've actually got a theme apart from now the new Moana theme. Um, so in summary, because there's you've got this March, um, this Mercury slowing down towards the end of March. There's the as it goes through forty-two, the gate of growth. Here we have the opportunity to get closure on something, to bring a cycle that seemed like it would never end to a full stop, and maybe more, maybe multiple. I feel like I've gone through about three quite distinct. Oh, closure. Oh, the doors have closed on that part of me now. Okay. All right. I'm not that anymore. Just in the last couple of weeks, I think that theme continues through March. I There's this, you know, the theme of freshness and newness. Let yourself become new is what I would say. Stop doubting what is obviously for your spiritual welfare, even if the people around you, your tribe might not understand you. They will in time. And so we need to be the one to courageously step forward first if we're feeling really that that's where we're being called by our personal plan. Mm -hmm. I would say we could, we should let ourselves be touched by the fates and by grace and surrender the ego a bit more so that this illusion that life is better that we, when we have control, actually, what if we were profoundly receptive to the, you know, powerfully loving, infinitely restful, playfully magical nature of existence what if that became a bit more of our lived experience I know it's certainly something that you live out I've listened to you and your mates and your hilarious uh manifestation <laughs> games banter yeah <laughs> yeah it's a bit more of that a bit more like yeah. le- let's learn from the manifestors can we be playful <laughs> in, in the magic mm-hmm. um I would also say as much as possible let it happen to you in March Like let's not try and resist this potency in March because when April comes around, Pluto's moving into gate 41, start codon. Mm. So for those transit followers, you will know that human design rave new year starts when the sun goes into 41 line one. And this isn't the sun, which has a one year transit around the wheel. This is Pluto who has a 248 year transit around the wheel. This is a big deal for Pluto to be entering the start codon. Yeah. Like a, big deal.
0: Yeah. I'm trying to think now. I'm sorry. I'm like looking this up and referencing. I'm like, did I ask if you wanted to do the transits during the gate 41? It was January 30th. It had to have been around there.
1: I can't. Remember. Jan-
0: I think this, I don't know. Anyways, it's just interesting to see again. Like I say that I say all of this to say, one of the things that I have struggled with in business is this feeling of constantly evolving and changing and then what others will think as a result of that but then also feeling like if I don't change and evolve constantly um like nothing works do you know what I mean like nothing Mm -hmm. works if I don't change Mm -hmm. um so I, as you're saying all this, I'm just like thinking about how interconnected we are with the planets and with the transits and with all of this. And then being able to say like, there is no choice but to evolve and to, to for myself, I say to myself, there is no choice but to believe that the planets are conspiring in our favor, even if we're having a gate 51 shock experience or gate 36 crisis, I have to believe that something somewhere, my soul, my spirit, God, universe, whatever you might want to call it, Neptune is asking me to become into something, even if I can't see what it's asking me to become into. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That. Yeah. So and I love wait- hearing what you're saying because I go, I didn't, I don't know where the planets are. I don't even truly care to have to map it out. I'd rather listen to your genius because I'm like, I'm sitting here listening to you going like, holy shit, this is so cool. And you're so cool, which I always knew because I've listened to you on transit podcast before. But even to just sit down you and I and be in your energy and get to experience your genius, like feeling you across the, the screen and across the pond, it's like a very different experience as well. But it's like- I get to, yeah, like go like, oh my God, of course that was happening at that time. Of course it wasn't personal. Of course, me being lonely wasn't personal, or me wanting to go back on dating after, after however many months of not wanting to be on them. Like it, it brings so much more context to our universal experience. And then to also go, maybe so-and-so was being an asshole to me that week and I perceived it in this way. Um, and maybe it wasn't, again, it wasn't personal at all. It's just that. I was experiencing one polarity, which was feeling really alone. They were experiencing another polarity, which was not wanting to be alone. And then it created a misunderstanding
1: dynamic or whatever it may be. I mean, if we listen back to this, I think I've said crisis of misunderstanding about six times. Yeah. That's what's happening. Neptune in 36, Uranus in 23, a crisis of misunderstanding. Mm -hmm. And Another, I mean, I feel like I'm just going to be repeating what Genoa says verbatim for the rest of my life, but another (laughs) thing he talks about a lot is that we cannot know what is going on for another person unless we ask them. Uh We we make all these assumptions based on very limited information that we're getting from their behavior. No, ask somebody what's going on if you actually care and want to know. Uh Because we we can't. Uh, Wherever we're open in our design we are distorting the energy that we're receiving from others. It's not mm-hmm. coming through to us exactly as it's being perceived by them. So we can make all kinds of assumptions, especially when you've got an open aura, like a generator or a projector, you know, we make all kinds of random assumptions based on how well we think we're perceiving someone. And actually it is still distorting. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. yeah, And and I think sort of to, to your point about allowing yourself to be constantly in this rapid evolution and to let that be okay and to let it kind of be okay that some people might misunderstand that. Um, We need examples of that because this is the primary life skill that will see humanity through the coming decades. Mm -hmm. Rapid evolution, rapid adaptation to rapidly changing circumstances and rapidly changing realities. Mm -hmm. We have, I don't think anyone can deny that up until about seventy years ago, life was fairly predictable. Yeah, you have the big evolution, like the industrial revolution, that changed everything. I mean, speaking of industrial revolution, you know, we've got once Pluto goes into forty-one, even though industrial revolution was a bit later. When you think about what that is actually doing to the human genome, anyone who studies human design will know that this being that we are now, the nine-centered being as opposed to the seven-centred being, was initiated in 1781. Where was Pluto in 1781? Gate 41.
0: Wow. So wow, well, what... mm-hmm. <laughs> you know?
1: i So when Ra talks about the coming of the rave being after 2027 and the fact that human, human bodies are going to go through another evolution, he's talking about Pluto in Gate 41, among other things. He's also talking about the procession of the equinoxes into the cross of the sleeping Phoenix, which is a bit technical, but yeah, Pluto and gate 41. Now we're, it goes in, in April, it's going to rock back and forth over the 41 60 axis. So it's currently in 60. It's going to rock back and forth a few times between now and 2027. Mm -hmm. But once we get to, I think it's late 2026, I think it's permanently in there. So we're getting, it's like Mm -hmm. previews of coming attractions in the next two to three years. And what you're what manifestors generally are showing us, you know, you guys are the initiators. You're here to show us how it's possible to be and possibly how it's necessary to be. It's like if anyone's gonna be a rapidly evolving being and let that be okay, then it's you guys.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I will say on that note, I feel almost like a sense of responsibility that I have to just keep coming forward and sharing from that perspective of like, don't be afraid to change. Don't be afraid to go through seasons. Don't be, because I, I don't know. I don't know, (laughs) you know, like I, I just period, like, I just don't know. And I think it's so easy to, you know, I've had to, not to go on a tangent, but I, I feel like this is an important side note to say, is I feel as though in the past, 10 years we've had this sort of evolution where we say um with like business and purpose and we've talked about this a bit of like find your purpose and make it a business but you as a human being are always changing and rapidly evolving and when i look at businesses you know i was talking to somebody the other day who works for like a financial services company every few months or once a year They have a new slogan or a new thing or a new program that's going out. But behind the scenes of that billboard or that picture of what you're seeing on the outside is a group of humans constantly changing and constantly evolving and constantly whatever behind the scenes and work dynamics and relationships and money issues and money influxes and all of these different things. But you're still just seeing the picture that says, Coca-Cola or whatever drink happy. And I think we've kind of taught people that your purpose is um, not stagnant. It's static. Like your purpose is static and it should be a flag that you sort of plaster up and that becomes your business. And then that's what everyone sees. But even when we look at Tony Robbins or we look at so-and-so that is an image of what that person is showing us as a solution to your problem. You know, he's showing up to say, when you have problems, use this or do that or do whatever, but he still has work challenges and people on his team that are doing weird things and great moments in his relationship, having like a honeymoon moment and all of these different things behind the image that is Tony Robbins, which is really just a solution to your problem that somebody created into a business. So the reason I say all of this is because I think in the past years, there's been this sort of make your purpose your business and put that out front. And I think that's causing a lot of friction and a lot of people who are also feeling like they're changing often or growing or evolving, but then feeling like they don't have space to change because they're trying to plaster this image, which is no different than I think trying to climb the corporate ladder, which is what most people try to leave in order to run a business. So this is a tangent on, on that, but I think we need to give ourselves grace and especially like, I don't want to say like man versus woman, but I think women too, like we go, our bodies go through this cycle where we're different every, every day. It's a different part of the cycle and same with men, but they supposedly have a shorter cycle. And it's like, when I started to give myself grace to go I love doing podcasts. I love talking to people. The most consistent thing I know about myself is my defined centers. If you ask me at any time of the day to access that one eight channel of like speaking from my heart, I can do it. Whether the sun's in the gate 41 or whatever, it's always there. You know, I can always speak to this stuff. Um, And that's kind of what I have to rely on as my output in a lot of ways versus trying to figure out who i am and then show it to people and prove it to people when i might have gotten i've noticed most of my programs have come through if i run a chart on a business program i've ever run the the um it has the 6124 channel or the 4323 every single one without a fail cuz i have no definition up here And I'm like, oh, good. Head and Ajna. Like, great. This means like I'm getting an idea and it's coming through. But then in three months, I might not want to do it anymore. You know, Mm -hmm. so I think. Anyways, this is a long tangent. I don't know that anything tangible is coming out of there, except the fact that we. I think we have to give ourselves space to be fluid, have an experience, experience different aspects of ourselves and different energies based upon who we're around, but also recognize that we get to ground into um and express that which is always there within us. And that doesn't have to, that doesn't have to always be a business or be a this or be a that on display because you're changing every day. You're experiencing different things every day.
1: Mm. I think there's a lot of deep, deep wisdom in what you're saying. Two main points that jump out at me. What the one was about the the cyclical seasonal. Aspect of being female and how the hormonal changes. And, you know, yes, we all go through puberty, whatever sort of gendered body you're in, but women, menopause, you know, that we know that life is in these three distinct cycles. We, like you say, also have this very rapidly sort of monthly cycle where we could be different on any given day. And because we have all through necessity of hormonal just needing to, And increasingly so we're giving ourselves a lot more space to allow that rather than try and like medicate and adapt our hormones to fit into the male testosterone 24 hour cycle. Mm -hmm. As more and more women allow that and themselves become comfortable with this, uh, this fluid nature of being. um, I think that's why women are so necessary to lead humanity through this coming era, because we're quite, used to, you know, we're not as stable. We're not as consistent. We are more volatile emotionally, hormonally, just in life process. And so as life becomes increasingly unstable and the climate becomes increasingly unstable and all of those things, and the the pace of just, I mean, I just can't even with AI, like, is it real? Is it not real? I can't tell anymore. It's Mm -hmm. so sophisticated now. So All of that, women are experts already at adapting to change and we have to allow ourselves and model it for each other and also completely support it in each other. We can't keep holding each other to old standards
0: at all. Mm -hmm.
1: What we're modelling is oh, Jess is new now. Jess is doing this (laughs) now or oh, Jenny's doing this now is she? That's why I'm pretty like I realised quite soon I my background is in advertising and branding and marketing so Mm -hmm. when I set up independently when I went from being an employee to self-employed I was you know trying to brand myself and thin and fit the niche and all and and then I was like I'm changing so rapidly I'm just going to use my name because that will probably stay consistent can't be sure but probably stay consistent Mm -hmm. and so then I get to evolve my interests get to evolve what I'm offering gets to evolve but I don't have to rebrand my bloody website every year or so because you know it's still just my name so I think that that process of that you're saying trying to fix a brand and say I am consistently and reliably going to be here offering this thing good luck to you because we are evolving so fast I just don't know if that's even possible anymore yeah yeah and then my sort of final point on that is this teaching that I've been had drilled into me and I'm not mastering it yet but stability in the instability is what we What te- yeah. is taught in, in meditation practice, the ability to hold your center while your heart base is shaking, while your emotions are churning, while your mind is spinning, can you find the center and hold it? Can you find the stability in your instability? Sometimes yes, sometimes no, but that's what the practice is. And so I think increasingly we are being invited to where is the stability and the instability? It's in here. It's in the G. Mm-hmm. It's in gate two. It's the higher self. The higher self is not shaking. The higher self is stable and relaxed. And it's accessible inside all of us in a, a world of such accelerated change. That is probably the only thing that we can rely on. It's making it's me think of, art. yeah, the image,
0: I just pulled it up. Cause I was like, I want to make sure I'm not imagining this, the burning monk, you know, the burning monk,
1: mm-hmm.
0: he like lit himself on fire and literally like sat in meditation in the middle. I don't remember what the purpose was of why he did that.
1: I think he um, was pro- pro- it was a probably a Tibetan a protest against the Chinese invasion of Tibet. I'd guess I'm not probably. I'm sure. I think so.
0: Yeah, um, yeah, it, but it's a, it's the same thing. It's like, can I find stillness as I am purified mm-hmm. in whatever way life is trying to purify mm-hmm. me? If it's emotions and anxiety cult- coursing through my body because something's changing and I feel like I can't handle it or whatever it may be but the two yeah the gate two i love the idea that um i've i often forget that the magnetic monopole sits in the gate too which is the gate of allowing
1: right mm-hmm. like
0: allowing life like i don't need to force life to happen i can allow life to happen
1: it's already programmed in
0: yeah it'll come just the wild just mind that coming. makes up a story about what's happening
1: yeah so I'll share my mantra for which I'm currently—it's getting uh, repeated and repeated as I as I go through this—is the return to myself and the return to innocence, which is a line from the Enigma song. Never heard of return- it. Okay, get the on Enigma YouTube. Song? So, "Return to Innocence" is a song by Enigma from okay, pro- possibly before you were born. I don't know. I'm a bit old. Thirty-four. Than you. Almost yeah, may, like, maybe maybe it's slightly a generational yeah. thing. As soon as I said return to innocence to someone else they were like, "Oh, great song." Yeah. So that song, Return to Innocence is what I'm inviting in uh, for me for the for this period because 41 is the birth. It's the and and what is the most innocent thing in the world is a newborn baby.
0: Mm. Wide open,
1: brand new, wide-eyed innocent, awestruck, fascinated no history i mean it has a history but it doesn't remember its history so that is the kind of cu- the the flavor of uh, energy that i'm cultivating for this period for this this sense of receptivity
0: love that amazing i'm going to i'm going to watch this youtube video of that song and then i'm going <laughs> to adopt that view as well amazing it. Oh, thanks, Jess. Oh, my gosh. Thank you for being here. This is so awesome. I will link all of your amazing information into the show notes. So if anybody wants to come and see you and see themselves through the eyes of innocence anew, and new and see things anew this month, they can. And I'll link to um, you have your beautiful like wheel, like mm. all these different you have different resources on your website. So I will link those all below yep. as well.
1: Uh, I'll update the podcast page of my website to include this lovely collaboration. And nice. um, yeah, the wheels of the year are on there. They are helpful little graphics that I use to help me visualize and track the movement of the planets. The planets go anti-clockwise around that wheel. Um, and so, yeah, I make them available on my website for anyone who wants to play. Amazing. Thank you for being here, Jenny.
0: Thank you, my Everybody love. out there, have a great March and we'll see mm. you back here in April, but I'll also see you next week on here. So, okay. (laughs) Bye everybody. Hey, Hey, thanks so much for being here and listening to this episode of the waking up with Jess podcast. If you liked today's episode, I'm going to ask you to do one of three things. Number one, leave a rating. Number two, leave a review. And number three, if you think it could help a friend out in need, go ahead and send it to them. I greatly appreciate your support when you rate the podcast or leave a review. It helps other awesome and amazing listeners such as yourself find the podcast. And I love people and I love friends and I love people's friends. So being able to spread the love through your network is another really great way to support people and to support the show. All right, y'all make it a great day. And I will see you back here on the next episode of the waking up with Jess podcast.